0: Happy holidays, Food Heals Nation. Do you want to win an organic vegan swag bag with all of my favorite things? Of course you do. And it's so easy. I've got 10 swag bags just waiting for you. We've got so many amazing things like vitamin C face creams and sleep capsules and lip balm from CBD Fountain. We've got Athletic Greens, AG1, delicious pineapple green juice. We've got My Vital C's ESS60, which helps double your lifespan. We've got Just Thrive's Just Calm and Just Thrive's Spore-Based Probiotic. We've got Oxy Powder, Detoxidine, and B12, and from the Global Healing Center. We've got the holiday issue of Veg News, your favorite vegan magazine. We've got Renewed Chagachino's delicious and healthy mushroom-based adaptogenic coffee. We've got spirulina and chlorella from our friends at Energy Bits. And we've got Organifi's green, pure, and gold nutritional powders. So many good products. Here's how to enter. So, I've inked a deal with Spotify. I am so excited, but I need to grow on Spotify. So, I need your help in co-producing the show Food Heels. So, all you have to do is go to Spotify and search for Food Heels. Hit that follow button and screenshot that you follow the show. Now, go to foodhealsnation.com/gift. G-I-F-T, and fill out a short survey. You're going to share what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, what you'd like to see more of on the show. Who are some of your favorite guests and topics? I want you to help me produce the show that you love. So tell me all about the show and make sure you upload that Spotify screenshot and bam, you are entered to win an amazing swag bag. Plus, You can even get a bonus entry. How do you get a bonus entry? You can add Food Heals episodes to your playlist. That's how you can have two entries into the giveaway. So, Pick some of your favorite episodes, put them on a playlist that's public for everyone to see, take a screenshot of that playlist and upload it all at foodhealsnation.com slash gift. That's how you get two entries to win the contest. Thank you so much for co-producing the show with me and I can't wait to announce the winners. Again, it's all over at foodhealsnation.com slash gift, G-I-F-T.
1: Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In real cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat and in stress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately.
0: All right. Welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining me. I'm Allison Melody. Today's guest went from trauma survivor to trauma warrior to trauma mentor. He's a good friend of mine, and you're going to hear... I didn't talk a lot during this show because his story is so moving. It's beyond anything you've heard on this show before. And if you've been through trauma, trigger warning, it's going to deeply talk about trauma. So only listen if you are in a space where you can hear this. If you are in a space where you're not going to be triggered. Now, many shows are going to make you cry. That's just life. And sometimes I think it's very healing when I watch some of my shows, whenever the um, characters are going through cancer, I am bawling my eyes out. And I think it's healing. I think it's very healing. So if you are a trauma survivor, and maybe you haven't done all the dealing with it you need to do yet, that's totally fine. Let this allow this show to help you know what is possible and that you absolutely can So let me tell you about my friend Michael Unbroken. He was the son of drug addicts and abusers. He was molested by a family friend. His mother cut off his finger. He was homeless by 10. He was a drug addict by 12. He was an alcoholic by 19. He's been morbidly obese twice. After his mirror moment, he created the life that he wanted through a process of self-actualization and mindset training, and it has taken his entire life to get him to the place where he is today, and now he is a trauma mentor. So through mindset and hard work, he has become the happiest, healthiest, and most in love with himself that he has ever been, and now he wants to gift the world with the tools and the knowledge that he has accumulated To help others do the same. He says he's no longer that lost, lonely, unloved, and broken little boy. In fact, he is unbroken. And I hope by listening to Michael's story today, you realize that you can become unbroken too. In fact, we are all unbroken. Roll it, Roxy.
2: The Food Heals Podcast starts now.
0: He is the host of the Think Unbroken podcast. Please welcome Michael Unbroken to the show.
1: What is up, my friend? It is a pleasure to be here with you today. I'm super excited.
0: I know it feels like we've been hanging out because we just did your show, and then I was binging your content. So feels like we've been hanging out for months, but we did just hang out at a wedding in Asheville, which was wonderful. But I'm so grateful to finally do this together because I know we talked about it for quite a long time before this. So glad to have you here.
1: Yeah, same. I'm super excited, and it's an honor to be here with you, my friend.
0: Well, thank you. So we're gonna dive right into trauma because that's what we do here on Food Heals. Let's just go. Um, you say that healing trauma is like cleaning up other people's trash from your front yard. I would love for you to tell me what that means.
1: Look, I mean, here's the truth, right? You you look at life, you look at the world that you live in, and you look at the experience that you are in as a human being, and whether we like it or not, we all have been through some dark things. And those dark things, generally speaking, may not have been your fault. When when I speak, when we do the work at Think Unbroken, it's specifically in the realm of childhood trauma and abuse. And I can tell you the same thing that I coach immediately every single client I've ever worked with right off the bat, that you are not culpable for the bad things that happened to you as a kid. You can't possibly be. You don't get a say in it. You don't get a say in the abuse and the food and the, the beatings or in the whatever comes along with the chaos that can be childhood, Right? divorces or family members going to prison or anything. And so when you're in this journey and you decide that it's time for you to heal, that you're ready to whatever it may be, whether it's forgiveness or letting go or stepping into the darkness so you can find the light, one of the most important and critical aspects of it is you have to recognize the truth. When you walk outside your home, your body, your life, right, and all this trash is in your front yard. This is your trauma, your abuse, all the things you've carried for all these years. It's not your fault that that stuff is there, but it is your responsibility to clean it up. And for those who are willing to take on that responsibility, even though it's unfair and it's unjust and it sucks, those are the people who will have a vastly different life. And so when you look at your life, and I I know it's obviously an analogy, but when you look at your life and you say to yourself, that's not my trash, but I'm going to go ahead and deal with it because I want my front yard to be as beautiful as I can make it, then you are the person in control.
0: Yes. That is so beautifully said. Mic drop, Michael. Thank you so much for being here. All right. Next up. Just kidding. Um, (laughs) That was just, I mean, I I hope everyone listens to that over and over because it was just such a beautiful analogy. And for those of us who have suffered through trauma, I, I remember when you said that, I heard you say that and it just hit me deep. I was like, yes, that is it because there is so much about A, Being the victim and C, B, taking the responsibility and figuring out how to go from A to B so you can get to C, which is, you know, the happiness and the journey. And so I would love to hear more about your trauma. You are a trauma survivor, a trauma warrior, a trauma mentor now. And I know you didn't sign up to be the spokesman for survivors of child abuse, but what happened uh, in your upbringing that got you to become a trauma mentor today? Take me through the journey and don't rush through. I want to hear what got you here.
1: So context is everything. And I always try to tell people in the beginning of this to not compare your story to mine. Okay. My, my story is literally like a fucking movie. It is. Yeah. It
0: probably will be a movie one day. I see it. It's called unbroken. I see the poster. hundred
1: (laughs) percent, you know, and it, and it's like, I, I always preface that because it's really easy to get into this comparison and go, well, my life wasn't that bad. So why can my life be that good? Right? And mm-hmm. I, I, I do not want that to happen, so please do yourself a service and do not be comparison. do not compa- compare as we go through this. So I grew up in Indianapolis in Indiana in the '80s. My mom was a drug addict and alcoholic. Um, in fact, when I was only four years old, she cut off my right index finger. Mm. She married my stepfather when I was six, who was super abusive. The kind of guy you pray is never your stepfather. He kicked the shit out of my brothers and I, put me in the hospital multiple times. And you know, now I get it, right? I look back and it sits so true that hurt people hurt people. And when I kind of go through their lineage, I go, God, their parents, their parents, their parents, this idea of generational trauma, really planted the seeds and foundation for who they became. And so I spent the majority of my childhood deeply impoverished and homeless. In fact, between eight to 12 years old, we lived with over 30 different families, getting bounced around place to place to place, living with strangers, with family members, my grandma, hotels, abandoned houses, vans. Like I literally never knew where we were going to be. And of course, the ramification of so much of that abuse and so much of that chaos is I had a learning disability growing up, and I wet the bed, and I was hyper-violent. I was this kid who was living out what I had been modeling and experiencing. When I was about 12 years old, after I'd been living in an abandoned house for six weeks, my mom was in a rehab. My stepdad had disappeared. My grandmother found out and came and adopted me. And you'd be like, yay, end of all the chaos. And that would not be true. Um, right. <laughs> I'm biracial, black and white. And my grandmother is an old racist ass white lady from a town in Tennessee you never heard of. Hmm. In fact, my uncle, her son, is still to this day a member of the Aryan Brotherhood. And we had a copy of Hitler's autobiography, Mein Kampf, on our kitchen table. Wow. So imagine this. I'm 12 years old, biracial kid in this racist ass household insert identity crisis. And I turned to drugs. I started getting high for the first time when I was 12. When I was 13, I started getting drunk. And by 15, I was expelled from school for selling drugs. And I'm breaking into houses. I'm stealing cars. I'm running from the cops. I'm getting shot at. Like movie, like crazy movie shit, right? Yeah. (laughs) And one day I get a call from the counselor at school and she's like, you need to come into school. The Dean wants to talk to you. I'm like, for what? You already kicked me out. We don't have anything to talk about, bro. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I go and I'm sitting in the library, Northwest High School, now defunded, closed down because it was one of the worst high schools in the entire country. Wow. And so I'm sitting there and this lady comes and sits down, never seen her before. And she's like, we're going to give you an opportunity to come into this last chance program, to learn some skills and to try to graduate high school. But you have to decide right now whether you want this or not. And wow. Alison, and I remember being like, well, I don't want to be the idiot in a family like this who doesn't graduate high school. All right, I'm in. There's a parallel that happened here as well. The same time that I'm going into this last chance program, I'm putting a restraining order on my mother and my stepfather. And imagine this, 16 years old, putting a restraining order on your own mom.
0: I can't. Right.
1: So I, I've shared this on, on the internet. This is true. This is absolutely 100% mm-hmm. real. I post my report card. Up until that moment, I had almost entirely straight Fs. After that moment, I had straight A's. Captain Whoa. of the wrestling team on the football team, not getting in fights. I quit drugs. I'm dating a cheerleader and I have a real job.
0: That's a quick turnaround. Oh my goodness.
1: Well, here's, here's the truth about it. It was the first time I ever had stability in my life. Even though I'm in this crazy racist household, like, and my grandma's there, like at least to some extent she's taking care of me. Right. Okay. And when you go look at resilience surveys and studies and research, you find that even just one person, even if they're a crazy person like my grandma was, um, who takes care of you in some capacity can change your life. And so, for the next couple of years, things are actually going pretty good. For the first time ever, my mom gets sober. My stepdad's completely out of my life. But my grandmother falls into a coma. She has a heart attack. She smoked two packs a day and drank her fucking face off right? Wow. She ate White Castle wow. five times a week. It's her favorite food.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so she goes into a coma. She ends up waking up. My mom's sober for the first time. Well, my grandmother needs help. She invites my mother to move back into her house. Within a month, Allison, a month, my mom is back to drinking a gallon of vodka a day, popping pills, and crashing her car. Now, what I know now that I didn't know then, obviously, is that my mother was back in her place of trauma, her place of abuse, of suffering, right? And so what did she do? She does the same thing any normal human being does. She went to the coping mechanisms that helped her solve the pain of the experience. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And one night she attacks me. Now, I'd never hit my mother. All the abuse she'd ever done, all the pain, all the all the I never hit her until this night. I was protecting myself and I was done. And as she laid on the floor, I looked at her and I was dead serious, dead fucking serious. I said, if you ever touch me again, I will kill you. And in that moment, I followed it and I said, You're not my mother. Never talk to me again. I am done with this. Allison had given her a thousand opportunities. A thousand tries. I went to AA with her and my brothers when we were children, right? We did it all. And until the day she died, I saw her one time. And the hardest decision I've ever made is also the greatest decision I've ever made. If I would not have done that at 18 years old, there is no way I'd be here talking to you right now. Right. No fucking way. And so I make this decision. We do this. We go through this moment. And my grandmother kicks my mother out of the house after she found out she attacked me again. And I'm now in this position where I've gone from straight A's to I'm getting kicked off the football team, I'm getting kicked off the baseball team, and I have straight F's again. And I end up not graduating high school. I go to, I go to this night school summer program after all my friends graduate. I get uninvited to every party. My girlfriend is super embarrassed of me. I'm I'm literally the biggest loser in the worst school in Indiana, right? And I'm working this warehouse job. I'm putting microchips into motherboards 12 hours a day, right? And I'm I'm looking at these people and the, the, the despair and desperation in their eyes, right? Because for them... This was going to be the best that it could ever be. And what happened was that I was watching this and thinking to myself, I don't want this. This is not going to be my life. That was the most difficult and important decision I've ever made in my life. Because I promise you, had I not done that, there's no way that I would be here with you today. There's no way I'd be serving. Thousands of people around the world. There's no way that I'd I'd probably be dead or in jail, just to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm in this position where, again, my grades have gone to straight Fs. I'm in summer school and I'm working this warehouse job where I'm literally putting microchips into motherboards 12 hours a day. Oh, wow. And I'm watching the desperation and despair in people's eyes. Like like this is where people's dreams go to die. And I remember sitting here like looking at these people and being like, um, there's something else for me. And I'm simultaneously in night school trying to get my diploma. And the teacher comes up to me three weeks in and he goes, you know what, man, we're done with you. You don't care. You don't even want to be here. We're just gonna give you the diploma. get the hell out mm. and so here I am, uneducated, ignorant of everything in the world. I have a diploma that means nothing. Go look at my grades. I had straight Fs. there's no proof that I earned that, and I'm working at this warehouse job that I have now been fired from, probably because I'm stoned <laughs> <laughs> and i'm I'm sitting in my car and I'm like. Hold on. What is what is happening here? How did I get here? Like, what what is all this pain, all this suffering, all this abuse, all this trauma, all this everything? What is the solution for this? And Allison, my thought was like, oh, it's money.
3: Mm-hmm. It's gotta be, right?
1: Like what else would it be? This is the only thing that I ever remember there being like a massive cornerstone to all the chaos. The eviction notice, the water getting turned off, the repossessions, the bill collectors calling. It's money. That's how you solve trauma. That's how you solve abuse. Now, obviously at 18 years old, that made a ton of sense to me, right? My my 18-year-old brain was like, ah, duh.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I would
1: come to find out, obviously, that is not the solution. <laughs> and so I made a declaration to myself. I said, by the time that I'm 21, I want to make $100,000 a year legally. Okay. Now, that legal part was super important. I have family to this day in prison for life. I've been in handcuffs more times than I can count. Mm-hmm. And my three childhood best friends have been murdered.
0: Oh, my God.
1: I knew where I was going. I knew that if I didn't do something different, it was over. Right. So I made that declaration, $100,000 by the time I'm 21. Well, a little bit after that, I land a job with a fast food joint. I've got 52 people under me, and I'm training to become a store manager.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm making thirty grand a year at 18, living on my own, my own place. Mm-hmm. Completely removed from that, but I knew that wasn't still going to get me like it was chaos. Like I would work sixty hours a week, and you know it was managing all these people. And of course, as a leader at eighteen, just imagine what eighteen does. Year old does with a bunch of other eighteen year olds, right? And so
0: nothing good. <laughs> nothing
1: good. That's that's for sure. And so one day I'm on MySpace to age myself. Sure. And um chatting with one of my homies. And this kid went to high school with me. We used to wake up and get high together. He was in Uh my neighborhood. I knew him forever. And this motherfucker is working at a giant company making 65 grand a year. And I'm like, if this dummy can do this, I can too. And so for the first time, I actually had somebody modeling possibility for me. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I started taking all those skills I'd learned in that last chance program, all the leadership skills I was learning at this fast food joint, and I pointed towards my North Star. How do I make $100,000 a year? And for the next year and a half, like 17 months, I must have gone on 200 job interviews, phone interviews, all of these things, and just time and time and time again got told no
0: mm-hmm.
1: until I got told yes. Yes. And I landed a job with a Fortune 10 company with no high school diploma and no college education. And that year, as I turned 21, I made $96,800.
0: That is incredible.
1: And then my life turned into pure chaos.
0: <laughs> Wait, the $100,000 wasn't the solution?
1: No, who would have fucking thought that? Right. <laughs> and so, so here I am for the next five years working at this job, making more money than literally everyone I knew. My friends who all had college degrees and diplomas, who worked at these jobs, who who had followed the path. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm this dumb kid from the hood with no high school diploma, made almost a million dollars by the time I was 26. And yet. I'm 350 pounds, smoking two packs a day, Mm -hmm. drinking myself to sleep. I'm high from the moment till the moment I wake up till the moment I go to bed. I'm Mm -hmm. cheating on my girlfriend. My brother literally tells me, Don't talk to me. You're not my brother. And I'm $50,000 in debt. You think money solves your problems? Right. And I have this moment. After this massive rock bottom. And it was just like the thousandth one. You know what I mean? Like it was just like again and again and again where I'm laying in bed. It's a Saturday morning. Now keep in mind here. I'm 350 pounds. I'm smoking a joint, eating chocolate cake (laughs) and watching the (laughs) CrossFit games. Rock bottom. And for whatever reason, like I even laugh just saying it's such an asinine moment. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, I pick myself up off the bed. I go in the bathroom and I'm looking at myself in the mirror. And I don't recognize my face. Like I have no idea who's looking at me. You know what I wow. mean? Yeah. And I remember being eight years old. And the water company had come and turned our water off. But they were always turning off our water, our heat, our electricity. There was always an eviction notice, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But this particular day, blistering hot Indiana summer day, I go in the backyard. I grab this little blue bucket. I walk across the street to our neighbor's house. And for the first time, I still water.
0: You stole it. And I remember-
1: I remember, yeah, we didn't ask. I just went over there, turned on their oh, okay. spigot. And my my mom was like, don't, just go over there and get it, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember being there, and I was like, when I'm a grown-up, this is not going to be my life. Like right. distinctly, I remember, like I physically remember the moment. When I'm a grown-up, this is not going to be my life. And also in a lot of ways, it wasn't my life, Right. But I was that hurt, lost little boy.
0: Of course.
1: And as I looked in the mirror, I asked myself, what are you willing to do to have the life that you want to have? And the answer was no excuses, just results. And I don't know where that came from. God, spirit, universe, mother nature, Batman. I have no idea.
0: Sure, yeah.
1: (laughs) But it meant. I was no longer going to be a victim. I was no longer going to be what everyone else said I was going to be. Fat, dumb, loser, not good enough, not capable. And I was going to get the fuck out of my own way. And that started this path. And I meant it. Like, literally, like, the moment, like, I cannot tell you exactly what it felt like because it was like I had just escaped the matrix. Yeah, yeah. But I literally meant it. And to date, I've spent over $265,000 and over 6,500 hours on my personal development and healing journey. Wow. Because I meant it. Yes. And it started. One day, like it really like solidified, right? Because I'd made that declaration to myself and, and that really started with, all right, I'm gonna go be serious about therapy. Instead of paying this guy fucking $10,000 a year and lying to him, maybe I'll just be honest once, yeah. right? <laughs> and so I'm being honest, I'm sharing the truth. And then I quit smoking. And then I quit drinking every night. And then I started learning about food and nutrition, but there was still something missing. I'm still massively in debt. Right, borrowing money from my girlfriend who fucking lives with me to pay our rent, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and this ad comes up for a Brendan Burchard course. Oh wow! Yeah, fifty bucks. And I'm like, how the fuck's this white guy gonna help me? Right, (laughs) that was my thought process. (laughs) And something just told me, like, dude, you need to do this. And I, I remember I looked down at my shoes. I had on Jordan's 12s at the time. They'd just come back out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Those shoes cost 300 bucks. Yeah. And I remember being like, you invest more money on your fucking shoes than you do yourself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm already 50 grand in debt. What's another 50 bucks? <laughs> 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 and that, that started it. That became one of the most important decisions I've ever made. And today it's been just a tremendous amount of effort and energy to first and foremost build myself, to heal myself, to learn to love myself. I've worked with Tom Bilyeu and Anthony Trucks, Tim Story, Grant Cardone has invested in Think Unbroken. I've worked with Anna Lamke and Dr. Caroline Leaf, Bessel van der Kolk and Pete Walker. I mean, I could name drop everybody, right? And it's so much of it really started with me working on me. And the more I did that and the more I transformed, the better my life got. And today, we've coached thousands of people around the world. I have a gigantic podcast and wrote a number one best selling book, spoken on some of the biggest stages on planet Earth. But it's all just about one thing can we show people that even though that trash is in their front yard, that they can clean it up?
0: Yes. Yeah, so well, your story is absolutely beautiful. And I love how you can remember so clearly those pivotal moments where you had to make a do or die type of decision and create the path that would lead you to where you are now. So, and you're such a beautiful storyteller. So, thank you for sharing all of that with of Food course. Heals Nation. And what fascinates me about people with trauma and Again, to your point, there's no comparison in our traumas, Food Heals Nation, but there is something really interesting to me about what makes the difference between the people who make it and the people who don't. And we're all navigating this, but what I mean is who end up dead and who don't, right? Or who end up acting in in your mother's case and who don't. And so, have you heard of maybe you're familiar with the um, ACEs score, Michael?
1: Yeah, mine's a 10.
0: That's what I was going to ask you. So I'll tell Food Heals Nation what it is just in case you don't know. So the ACEs score is the Adverse Childhood Experiences Study. And I learned about this years ago, and I got to actually make some interesting video content around it. And it's always fascinated me because what it is is they looked at um, 10 of the experiences of childhood trauma that people had under the age of 18, so physical abuse, verbal abuse, sexual abuse, physical neglect, and emotional neglect. And then a parent who is an alcoholic, a mother who's a victim of domestic violence, a family member in jail, a family member diagnosed with mental illness, and experiencing a divorce of parents. And so the amount of adverse childhood experiences out of those 10 that you go through, there are, the study shows. The level of determine of how your life, your outcomes of your life, will you end up in jail? We end up in debt, dead. Will you end up with poor health outcomes? Our, our, ours was a health foundation, so we were talking about the health outcomes of people who were higher on the ACEs score, and that's why I wanted to ask you, Michael. I've never met a ten. You are a ten out of ten, and yet you overcame. You broke all of the rules. You broke all of the studies. So for anyone else who's been through these adverse childhood experiences who may be listening, whatever your number is, who cares? Look at Michael as an example. Whatever your number is, you can overcome it. But Michael, what do you think it is about you and what advice would you have for someone who has gone through these types of experiences to to remain unbroken, to get through it with grace and ease? And maybe it wasn't graceful or easeful the entire time. But I would love to hear some of your thoughts or advice for anyone listening as to how you can break this cycle, break the mold, not become that statistic. uh, statistic.
1: Yeah. look, it's hard. I mean, there, I I don't, I think that grace must be applied in life, but there's no grace in this process. I'll tell you that much, you know, and, and it was like, here, here's how I think about the first four years after this pivotal, like turning point in my life from 26 to 30, it was one step forward and 10,000 steps backwards. Mm -hmm. And it was that again and again and again and again. And here's the thing is you're, you're going through this assimilation process of trying to do and be something that you've never done or been before. And so it requires a tremendous amount of grace for yourself in the process of the continuation of doing it over and over and over again, right? Because I'd be like, all right, I'm not smoking today. And then the next day smoke a pack. And it'd be like, I'm not gonna like have sex with a stranger. And then it's like, boom, I hooked up with two people from the internet. And it was like Mm -hmm. all these different things. And then so slowly over time, what started to happen is those behaviors that I used to satiate and self-soothe started to dissipate because I would I would really, really hold my hand to the fire of don't do it. Right. And so really it's about you have to be willing to make a declaration to yourself. I look at life like this. You can't see it, but on on my office, there's a a giant whiteboard and there's two little stick figures that I drew. And in the middle of them is this, this hole, right? Effectively, a drawing of a hole. And in that hole, it says, close the gap. Who you are today versus who you want to be requires that you close the gap. And the only way that you close the gap to become the person that you're capable of being is by going through the process and the journey of healing in a way that is not only sustainable, but Mm self-accountable. And what I mean by that is this. People will join courses. They will have therapy. They will hire coaches. They will read books. They will listen to podcasts like this for the sake of saying, Well, that didn't work, so I can't be healed, right? And so much of this journey really starts with the foundation of looking at possibility, right? It's that it's that Carol Dweck idea of are you in a fixed mindset or in a growth mindset? I wish I had these words like 12 years ago when I started this, right? And so. What happens as you start to evaluate life. And I'm I'm looking at my life as I'm like trying to progress and take these steps forward. I'm doing these courses, I'm reading books. Like even at one point I was on like an episode of Ask Gary V. Like it's crazy. Like I'm trying all these things, but like my life is still fucked up in a lot of ways. And I just thought to myself, just keep going, man. Because here's the truth, Allison, and most people need to sit in this. The worst thing that's ever happened to you already happened. It Mm. already happened. So what are you going to do about it? Are you going to heal? Are you going to take therapy seriously? Are you going to write down your goals? Are you going to move towards them? Are you going to face your fears? Are you going to be honest? And that's where it really starts, that mirror, right? That moment I shared with you. Mm -hmm. A lot of people who've transformed their life have that in common. Because you can't lie to yourself when you're looking in your own eyes. Yes. You can try, motherfucker, but it ain't going to (laughs) work.
0: You try for a long time.
1: And we do. And we we live this falsity. We live this falsehood of this reality, this narrative that is not who we are, right? And it could be who you are mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, sexually, religiously. When are you going to get honest? When are you going to tell the truth? When are you going to finally be the person that you know you're capable of being? I'm not saying it's easy because it's fucking not. Yeah. No part of becoming you is easy. And here's why. Let me go into more context.
0: Okay.
1: I want Education is foundational, right? So I want to really create an understanding for people. You went over the ACE scores. Brilliant. Great. We have a foundational piece of data that supports this idea of causation and correlation. Meaning, the things that happened in our past, all of the sum total of our experiences, on the other side of them create who we are, whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. Right? We can, we can say that's true, yes? Yes. Okay. Now let's go deeper into it. The brain's primary function is what? Survival. What most people actually don't talk about in conjunction with this, which is a huge mistake, is that the brain's... Probably 1.1A function is making meaning of experience based on survival. Right. And so what happens when you're nine years old and your parents beat the shit out of you because you spilled milk?
0: You create a story about what what that means.
1: What happens when you're in 10th grade and the teacher embarrasses you in front of the entire class because you can't read a certain word. Mm-hmm. And you learn how to turn off. And you cower and you hide and you pull yourself out of social environments. Well, guess what? The brain's making meaning of all of this. And, and Allison, it can be something so tiny that most people would not even consider that plausible into being the reason why you're stuck. It could be so infinitesimally small, such a tiny thing somebody commenting on the shoes that you wear at the grocery store one day when you're 10, that forever keeps you stuck. And here's the interesting thing about those moments, because the brain is looking at all the environmental stimulus as whether or not you're safe. And so if safety means you can continue to do the thing or be in the environment, then you continue to go through and do the things and you thrive. Mm -hmm. If the brain feels threatened, right? mostly around shame, guilt, or being ostracized. Well, what happens, we're making meaning of that experience and the brain goes, hold on, time out. You mean being me is dangerous?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> well, shit, I don't want to be me anymore. Right. And then when you're 8, 12, 16 years old, it serves you. This is what's so crazy about It, it actually keeps you safe to not be you. But what do you do when you're 24, 37, 52, 70 years old? You don't know how to be you because you've never been you before. You don't know how to say yes and you don't know how to say no. You don't know how to hold your boundaries, right? Because right? all you've ever done was been to placate and be a chameleon to other people for safety. And the brain has adapted to that response in a way that has become a survival mechanism for you that keeps you alive but you want to go over here and be this other person. Well, if you understand how you got to where you are, you can create a framework and a game plan to become who you want to be. But the only way you're going to do that is through starting with radical and naked and unabashed honesty about the truth of the life that you are in.
0: You know, I think the honesty component and the I think the honesty leads to perhaps the courage and maybe the courage leads to the permission. And what I mean by that is uh, what a theme I hear in your story is that you constantly gave yourself permission to do hard things. You cut off your mother You said, I'm going to go get this job that I may not be qualified for, so I'm going to make $100,000 a year uh, by the time I'm 21. Another thing we haven't talked about, but I know is part of your story, is you left your hometown, which was something that no one in your hometown ever did, right? So I'd love to hear about... I would love for you to continue on that journey as to what it meant when you left and what you did next, but also how were you able to give yourself permission to do the hard things? Because I think that is something that holds us back a lot. And maybe the answer is the radical honesty, as you said. But what do you think gave you the courage to, to give yourself permission to do these hard things?
1: So I'm going to say something that's going to be unsettling for people. I don't negotiate with myself. Ever. Mm
0: -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. Ever. And so if I say something, literally, Allison, ask anyone who knows me intimately, ask any friend, any business associate, any of my clients, anyone ever. If I say that I'm doing something, it is done. Mm -hmm. And so people will often be like, well, I need courage and I need motivation and I need inspiration to go and do this. No, you don't. You need to do it. People email me out almost literally. This happens almost every single day. People go, "Hey, how do you start a podcast? How do you write a yeah. book? How <laughs> do you like, yeah. do this?" And I, Allison, no joke, I always reply and I go, "Start a podcast, write a book, do what you think you need to do." Right? People are always waiting for the fucking miracle. They're always waiting for somebody to come and do the thing for them. Do you need courage? Yeah, of course. Do you have to face your fear? Yep, 100%. But I'm telling you, the only way you can do it is by doing it. There is no alternative. There's nothing else that you can possibly do, build, or create in your life that is going to come from sitting on your couch and manifesting it.
0: Yes. (laughs) doesn't
1: work that way.
0: Show up for yourself.
1: yeah. Yeah look, show up for yourself. Are you scared? Yes. Good. That means you're doing the right thing. Trust it. And I left. So I actually left Indiana for the first time when I was 18 and I moved to New York city. This is a, this is an ill-advised decision, yeah. <laughs> right? I'm 18 years old. I have no skills. I don't even have a high school diploma. I literally can't get a job at a pizza place because they want my high school diploma. Wow. That didn't work out.
3: I was, cr- I was
1: crashing my, listen to this, this is crazy. I was crashing my middle school girlfriend's dorm at Sarah Lawrence College. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I had to come back to Indiana because like, that was the dumbest thing ever. And then as I was going through my healing journey, and this is something I advise my clients on all the time. I'm like, if you're driving down the street and you get triggered because you remember where that thing happened on that road. Or you are in that restaurant where that thing happened and your heart's about to explode, or the smell or the change of the season, or whatever that thing is, like interrupts your your central nervous system, you might want to pack your shit up and leave. Yeah. And so at 29 years old, that's what I did. And and I left a relationship and I ended friendships and I closed down a business and I went deep, deep, deep into this healing journey. And when I mean deep, I mean, you know, therapy three times a week, support groups, nothing but reading books and listening to audio. We didn't have podcasts, really. They were kind of just starting. Um, And I was just deep into that world of healing for a long time by myself in an unknown place because I knew the truth. Nothing was going to change unless I changed everything.
0: All right, Food Heals Nation, I'm here hanging out with Tina Anderson, the founder of Just Thrive, which is probiotics, but also so much more. So Tina, can you tell us what is a spore-based probiotic and why is it different from other probiotics out there on the market?
3: Yeah, that's a great question, Allison. Um, A spore-based probiotic is a completely different category of probiotics. So the majority of probiotics on the market are comprised of lactobacillus and bifidobacterium. Ours are not, and we did that very intentionally because we know that those strains are sensitive organisms. They have difficulty getting to the intestines alive. Spore-based probiotics have this endospore shell around itself, and that spore shell allows it to get to the intestines alive. It's really important to remember that a probiotic, in order to be defined as a probiotic, needs to arrive alive in the intestines. It doesn't need to be alive in the refrigerator. It needs to be alive in the intestines. So right. a spore-based probiotic actually has this shell around itself. And when it has the shell around itself, it's dormant and it allows you to swallow it. It gets, you know, it's able to handle the temperature, your body temperature, which is very warm, 98.6. It's able to get through the stomach acid, which is very acidic, very harsh, meant to be the heart gastric barrier and get to the intestines. And where when, once they get to the intestines, it takes their shell, off, its shell off and it goes into its live vegetative cell state when it gets to the intestine. So these are natural probiotics. These are the same type of strains that our ancestors, when they ate off the land, they ate roots and tubers off the land, they consume these probiotic strains. Um, so it's just, unfortunately, we don't find them in our environment today. So it's a very different approach than the majority of probiotics. One of the biggest you know, issues is survivability. The ma- vast majority of probiotics just simply do not survive that journey to the intestines. And most of them are basically dead bacteria therapy where spore-based probiotics get there hundred percent alive, where they're staying there for about 21 to 28 days and making a true change in the microbial environment. In fact, one of the studies that we did uh, right away was showing that just after about two weeks, uh, we saw a 30% favorable shift in the microbiome. In the strains in the gut, so um, that's a pretty profound shift in just 30 days. So, and and that's the resu- reason we see such profound, you know, results with people who start on the product. So it's really exciting, and the, it's definitely the the new category of probiotics out there. Even though it's where you know our ancestors were consuming these strains on a daily basis.
0: Wow, we're always going back to basics, right? But we have yeah. made it overcomplicated. <laughs> oh my gosh! Thank you so much for breaking that down for us, Tina. I really appreciate it. So Food Heals Nation, stop throwing away money on probiotics that are going to die before they hit your gut and heal yourself. Boost your immunity with Just Thrive Probiotics. Go to justthrivehealth.com. Use the coupon code Food Heals 15 You'll get 15% off your order. Tina, thanks again so much for clarifying that.
3: Oh, you bet. Thank you so much, Allison.
0: Food Heals Nation, she is passionate about redefining personal well being. That's right. It's the CEO of Organify, Mae Steigler, here to answer your questions about Organify.
2: <laughs> it's like my favorite intro, by the way. If you could always sing my name.
0: <laughs> oh, I will. People know I like to do, I do like the Oprah thing by accident. I don't know why. I don't know where I picked it up from, but like I sing people's names. Okay. It's wonderful. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you. So, May, from the greens to the reds to the raspberry lemonade to the chocolates to the turmeric-flavored powders, how do these Organifi products get these delicious flavors without adding a bunch of crap? Like, you know, like so often – we know that things taste good because there's all these added sugars and things we don't want to put in our body, especially when we're trying to be healthy. So I would love to hear how you formulate the flavors and what is your favorite flavored product that you just came up (laughs) without?
2: So three key things, lots of product iteration and product development. So we take our time with ensuring that what we make tastes amazing. You know, we are consumers of it ourselves. My family is. I will hear it if things don't taste good. Um, and uh, it's all whole food based. So we do not use synthetic vitamins or um, anything that is not whole food based in the product. So it really comes down to ingredient quality. And we take sourcing incredibly seriously. All organic, glyphosate residue free, um, top quality ingredients. Just as if you were to go to if you were to go to a great restaurant you'd get great tasting food because of um, their quality sourcing of ingredients. And simple dishes don't need lots of salt and sugar to taste great. Same as our formulation. So we use really high quality sourced ingredients. We take a lot of care in doing that. And the blends of these whole foods are designed to taste great naturally. And so while The only sweetener that we use only in some products is monk fruit, which is actually um, still a whole food. And it's focused on um, the benefit is not being uh, a blood sugar spiking sugar and Mm -hmm. a really, really healthy one for those that are concerned with metabolic uh, disorders, diabetes and blood sugar control in general. And we use that really sparingly. So we really focus on adding mint, um, lemon, Um, raspberry, uh, really bright, uh, really well-formulated ingredients, almost like recipes instead is how we look at it. It's a really key part of what makes our products taste delicious and something that we really pride ourselves with and taking the time and care to do well. And then you asked what my favorite products are, and this rotates a lot. um, And I will say that my absolute favorite are pure and red, and I love blending the two of them. And I do that Mm. mix as a pre-workout For my pickleball playing that I do all the time. Um, And so it's my favorite (laughs) pre workout combo right now. Really bright and lemony um, between the two of those products. And I love the Pure for the mental cognitive support. Uh, It actually has some clinical research uh, on the key ingredient, um, coffee berry, and it helps with improving reaction speed. So, really great for sport performance. And I love blending that with the red. Just I literally mix it. I don't blend this, by the way. I mix it in a shaker bottle, uh, just shaking Mm -hmm. it up. And the red for the beets for circulation, so improve circulation while exercising. And of course, the cordyceps and rhodiola for endurance and energy without needing to take a pre-workout or or caffeine or anything in the afternoon. Those are my two favorite right now, and they taste delicious. (laughs)
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'm gonna have to try that combo of combining them. And I just have to share my favorites with you Um, is I love the gold because it tastes like a turmeric tea. And Oh my gosh! Uh, not to not to mention the health benefits, but just on flavor alone, that one, the harmony chocolate, and the um, raspberry lemonade flavor of glow. I would say those are my top three flavor profiles that I I crave. Like my body is like, where I need I need my raspberry lemonade. I need my chocolate. Like I'm so excited and can't live without them.
2: And so good post-dinner. So our our favorite evening routine is uh, you a know, cup of gold after dinner instead of having a kind of dessert cravings. And then you can swap in Harmony for that as like a healthy hormone balancing hot cocoa instead. So good and great for beating cravings post-meal and just as like a beautiful evening routine. I love it.
0: Amazing. All right, Food Heals Nation. Well, go get your Organifi. Of course, you get 20% off as a member of our beloved Food Heals Nation. That's all at OrganifiShop.com slash Food Thank you, May. So, so
2: good. My treat. Thank you.
0: So I know that you're big on mindset and I would love to hear some more of the tools that you think have best served you. Like you mentioned, um, reading and listening to podcasts. And I know Brendan Richard, who I know who that is, but in case other people don't, if you want to share a little bit about why that was so such a, you know, wake up call for you, what are some of the most healing tools that you use to heal that you now help your clients through? Because you're a coach and this is what you do for other people who find themselves in trauma. You help them. So I'd love to Here's some of the most um, impactful tools that you've used in your life.
1: I th- if, if I could rewind, I'll tell you this. If I could rewind, I would actually do something incredibly different. Okay. And I would not have gone to therapy first. I would have hired a coach first. And here's why. Because so much of therapy, which I think is incredibly important. I'm not saying don't do therapy. For sure, do that too. But so much of therapy addresses the past. And, and I really, not all therapy, let's be clear. Somebody's going to cancel me. I know it. Please don't email me.
0: Don't cancel us. We're just having conversations about our own life experiences and we all see the world differently and we hope it helps people. Please continue.
1: (laughs) Exactly. hundred percent. And so when I looked at what was happening in my therapy sessions, we were only ever talking about the past, but in the present, my life was still a disaster. I needed to have behavioral changes. I needed to have mindset shifts. I needed to have accountability and I needed probably and most importantly to have a guide and a mentor, someone who had already done the thing that I was trying to do in front of me to help me be able to stay the course. It -hmm. would have saved me thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and thousands of hours to have done that first. And so therapy played this gigantic and beautiful role especially gestalt therapy because yes. it's it's a very analytical style of therapy right and and I'm very much a causation and correlation person and mm-hmm. so when I could create rhyme and reason oh my god it helped me so like one of the most important c- cornerstones for me was in a gestalt session where for the first time my therapist no one had ever asked me this my mm-hmm. therapist goes why do you think your mother did those things? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know. He goes, how was her mother? And I was like, oh, right, <laughs> right? right, right. <laughs> it was literally that. And so it was therapy. It was coaching. And, and most importantly, and this is for me, I'm a writer first. Do I have a podcast? Do I speak on stages? Do I coach? Yep. Do all that stuff. I'm a writer first, period. Getting into that journal, Getting out of my head, sharing my emotions, my mental, emotional, all that stuff, putting it on paper, getting it off of my soul. Oh, that that for me was everything. I would argue that was the most important thing I've ever done. That's why a big part of what we do when people come into coaching with me is there are a ton of writing exercises. Like there's tons of them because yes. it gives people the space to be able to evaluate and understand the truth. And so when I'm in my journal, when I'm writing, when I'm creating a blog or writing an email or like whatever, writing a book even, right, it's just truth. And it helps me understand and make meaning of what is happening in my life. And so, you know, again, it's different for everybody. And I, I think that you have to figure out what works really well for you. But it was also, and I want to add this too, because we're talking obviously on Food Hills changing my diet was so incredibly important that it might be like maybe even the most important thing. Yes. And and I and I don't probably talk about it enough to be honest with you. But it was I was eating again, think about I was three hundred and fifty pounds. I was eating McDonald's and frozen pizzas pretty much exclusively when I wasn't eating chocolate cake and nacho cheese. And so (laughs) or sometimes like chocolate cake, nacho cheese, frozen pizza and McDonald's all at the same time, right?
0: Yeah. Well you told me you had a nacho cheese machine in your house, right? We
1: literally had a nacho cheese machine (laughs) in our house. And so it was cleaning that up and educating myself, hiring a nutritionist, reading books, reading the paleo cure, reading, like getting deep, 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 deep into understanding food and the power of it and recognizing like I was so ignorant as an uneducated about food that I made it my mission and I ended up becoming a certified personal trainer and nutritionist. Not to do it as a business or anything because I didn't want to, but just so I could learn. Totally. Like I studied, I took the tests, I did it. Cause I'm like, oh my God, I need to understand this stuff. Yeah. And and in doing so, I realized like, oh my God, these processed foods, these sugars, these Red Bulls, this stuff is making me have panic attacks. Right. The way that I treat my food, the way I cook it, the way that I I put fucking canola oil on everything. Good mm-hmm. lord, are you kidding me? Like growing up, my grandma, look, it's all modeling, right? We all learn from what's in front of us. That's it. You, if you wake up and every day the people in your home speak French, you're gonna speak French. That's how this works. And right? if you wake up and in your home and every day they cook everything in Crisco you're going to cook everything in Crisco, (laughs) Right. right? And so the more I educated myself and the weight came off, I realized this was really about loving myself. It was really about giving myself what I needed because when I was at my heaviest, I was at my most miserable. And when I was at my heaviest, the thing that was really interesting is that it hit me one day, Growing up, being the chubby kid, being the kid who wore the husky-sized clothes from Walmart, being the kid who always got called fat, I was basically abusing myself as an adult the same way I had been abused as a child.
0: Wow. Yeah. The, what That's an incredible realization. You know, it's like, because treating ourselves well and eating well is such a beautiful act of self-love, but abusing our bodies with food or anything else, we abuse our bodies when we speak to ourselves in terrible terms and say terrible things to ourselves. That is an act of self-loathing. So asking yourself, when am I acting in self-love and when am I acting in self-loathing loathing and choosing to act in self-love because we don't want to treat ourselves the way we were treated and abused. So you've, you've got all these beautiful recognitions and realizations that are just, I love your aha moments and how you came to them.
1: Yeah. And look, they came through the willingness to step into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I you can play ignorant all day long and you can be a victim. And look, I'll never take anyone's victimhood away from them. I'll never take your excuses away. I get it. Like if anybody gets it, I get it. Yeah, and and so you're you're faced with a, a, a interesting dichotomy, right? Make a decision. One way is going to go one way, and the other way is going to go another, and you're in control. And look, do we live in the Matrix? I mean, maybe. Like, how would you even really know? You know what I mean? Because it's the Matrix. <laughs> But you, when you understand that you don't have to bend yourself to the world in, in authenticity and shame and guilt, but instead you can build the, bend the world to you in your truth, that's freedom. That's power. But you've got to be willing to do it. And, and look, nobody's coming. Whoever you think they is that's about to save your ass, they ain't coming. I promise you and you're going to have to rise up and you're going to have to decide to be the hero of your own story and it's going to be tumultuous it's a it's a hero's journey just like every movie you've ever seen go go watch the path of any movie you've ever seen that you love mm-hmm. there's always a hero's journey right here's the beginning And then at the end, there's the solution. That's the problem we got to solve. But in between, there's lots of ups and downs and a lot of mistakes, a lot of learning, a lot of data, a lot of mentorship and guidance, and then showing up to the fucking game. And it's not until you show up and you step onto that field does anything actually change. Everything in life can be solved through taking action. Leave the relationship. Change the diet. Go ask for the promotion sell everything you own and travel the world, write the book, start the podcast, In the podcast, I don't know, whatever it is. Action is the very thing that will save you. And yeah, you're scared. Good. Do it anyway.
0: Cue Andrew Day's rise up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That was so beautifully said. Michael, I really appreciate um, all your words of wisdom today and sharing your story with us. And I also want to shout out, um, gestalt therapy, cause I don't think we've talked about it much on this show, but I think what I loved about it. And like you, I went back to school. I went to, um, School for um, a master's degree in psychology. And essentially, my school was the school of learning to love yourself. And I did it not to uh, become a coach or a psychologist, but instead to work on healing myself and healing my trauma. And we did so much Gestalt therapy that I, I mean, I feel like I'm an expert in it, but I love it so much because what it does is it, just like what I preach about when it comes to food and health and healthcare, um, it looks at the the human mind and our behavior as a whole rather than as a symptom. And um, instead of curing with a pill, taking a really holistic approach. And so I just want to bring that up in case anyone wants to research it it, and see if it's a form of trauma healing that may be beneficial to you. Because it was very beneficial to me. And I'm Mm -hmm. not a huge fan of talk therapy, either, unless you find the most amazing therapist that you really bond with. Um, So those are just two things that I wanted to note. But um, Michael, you have so many amazing places for people to work with you, contact you, listen to your podcast, The Think Unbroken Show. So I'd love for you to break some of those down for us so that other people can get involved in your world. And then you have an amazing event that Food Heals Nation can participate in, even for free at one. One level. So I'd love to hear more about your event and how people can continue to follow you and learn more about you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And thank you. I mean, this has been a phenomenal, phenomenal conversation. So thank you for the opportunity. Um, I'm everywhere on social at Michael Unbroken. Uh, You can join us at thinkunbrokenacademy.com. It's a free community with thousands of trauma survivors around the world. Um, We put our shows in there. We put our courses in there. Everything is in there. So, um, And then we have Unbroken Conference happening December 13th um, with some amazing humans, including Anthony Trucks, uh, Leslie Logan and Jamie Bronstein. We're also releasing a conversation I had with Dr. Gabor Mate um, that has not seen the light of day before. That is only for those who will be watching live. It is free to watch live. Of course, we have like VIP, all that stuff, but all you have to do is show up, put it on your calendar, go to unbrokencon.com to sign up for that.
0: UnbrokenCon.com. And you can download the Think Unbroken podcast wherever you're listening to this show. And Michael, at the end of your show, you asked me what it meant. Um, I believe your question was what it meant to think unbroken or to be unbroken. So I ask you, uh, what is your answer to that?
1: It's look, ultimately, to be unbroken is to show up and live life on your terms to not be the victim, to not be what everyone else said you were going to be, but instead to push against the status quo, to go against the grain, to be the outlier, to recognize that the worst thing that's ever happened to you has already happened, so why live in fear? And to step up and own your truth without fear of judgment or shame or guilt, because guess what? Motherfuckers are judging you already. And so doing it anyway, showing up Anyway, doing it when you're scared, doing it when you're tired, doing it where you're asking the question, am I taking it easy on myself or am I taking care of myself? To get radically honest and truthful with yourself and to show up day in and day out, knowing that if you don't do the thing that you need to do that keeps you awake at night, that you are going to die with regret. And if you're willing to show up and live life, then you get to do the greatest thing, I think, that we can do as human beings, and that's to end the cycle.
0: Yes. Mic drop again. So many beautiful mic drops. My grad school professor said something similar that I'll never forget. He said, if everyone waited until they had no fear to do something, nothing would ever get done. (laughs) So... Feel the fear and do it anyway. That's a beautiful way to say it. Thank you, Michael, so much for being here. I really appreciate it.
1: It's my honor, my friend.
0: Happy holidays, Food Heals Nation. I'm so excited to share with you that I have inked a deal with Spotify. And in order to help me grow on Spotify, I need your help. Be my co-producer in producing the show, Food Heals. All you have to do is fill out a quick survey and you can be entered to win a swag bag full of my favorite organic and vegan products. Here's how to enter. Go to Spotify and search for your favorite show, Food Heals. Hit that follow button and screenshot it. Then go to foodhealsnation.com/gift. G-I-F-T, and fill out a short survey sharing what it is that you like about this show, what do you like to see more of on the show, and help me produce the show that you love. Upload your Spotify screenshot and bam, you are entered to win. I've got 10 swag bags for you full of our favorite organic vegan products, Products like Lip Balm, a Vitamin C Face Cream, CBD Sleep Capsules, and Skibidy Pain Rub from CBD Fountain, Organifi Green, Pure, and Gold Nutritional Powders, Renewed's Chococino's Super Healthy Delicious mushroom-based adaptogenic coffee. The holiday issue of Veg News, an award-winning vegan magazine and website with recipes, travel, food news and more. Spirulina and chlorella from our friends at Energy Bits made of pure, allergy-a sustainable whole food crop. Just Thrives, just calm for better mood support and sleep, and Just Thrives spore-based probiotic for the best gut and immune support. Oxy powder, detoxidine, B12, and carcidin from the Global Healing Center to help keep you regular, detox your body, boost your immunity, and keep allergies at bay and we've got my vital c's ess 60 which according to recent studies ess 60 in olive oil has the potential to double your lifespan and we've got athletic greens ag1's delicious pineapple green juice which delivers a powerful potent blend of health products like a multivitamin minerals probiotics adaptogens and more to help you feel like your healthiest self all of this is waiting for you if you enter to win by going to foodhealsnation.com slash gift, filling out that survey, uploading your screenshot that you follow Food Heals on Spotify and Plus, you can get a bonus episode by adding Food Heals episodes to your favorite public playlist. That's right. You can have two entries into the giveaway. All you have to do is add your favorite Food Heals episodes to a playlist, take a screenshot and upload it all at foodhealsnation.com gift. And that's how you're going to get two entries to win. Again, that's all over at foodhealsnation.com slash gift. Thanks for entering and I can't wait to announce the winners.